You are listening to My Faith in Focus, and we have two great guests today. Well, first, let me introduce myself. I'm Dr. Deb Wiley-Gold, and then my uh, beautiful uh, Vanna White, uh, Miriam Stallsworth. Vanna White? That's right. And so, yes, and so now we, and we have uh, Margot Dahl and Dr. Dina Dye. And Dina, before we uh, left the air a few minutes ago, you were on fire, so to speak. <laughs> so right. would you like to finish what we were talking about destiny? Yes. Yeah, so I, you know, I've been on a number of radio shows. Uh, I can't even count anymore. And I, I've brought up this point. This, this is not the doors day philosophy. Okay. Case Sarah, Sarah, you will be, <laughs> right. this is what this, this is not about this. So in the ancient world, you, you know, you look at the empires of Syria, Babylon, Persia, take your pick. Those um, empires were run by, you know, a king, essentially. And that king typically oppressed the people, enslaved them. That empire, and it's stretching out. These people did not have freedom. They did not have an ability to exercise personal individual freedom or in their families. And we fast forward to the amazing experiment that is the United States of America. If you think about every uh, country in the world, they had a monarch of some type, you know, China, and they moved, for example, they moved from monarchy to communism. Uh, Russia would be the same. They moved from czar into communism because the people were never free. They never had that in their DNA. They never knew what it meant to be free. So our nation has, has, begun essentially with that statement of, of freedom. And uh, we, we sort of, I think we kind of have upended it by caving into the, uh, the, the totalitarianism of the left because God in his great, in this great design, in this experiment we call America has given us the ability to vote and to run for office and to control I hate using that word, but to uh, to be involved in the destiny of our nation, like we, what an honor, what a privilege! This is amazing in the course of five hundred thousand years of history, to be a people, to be able to determine who our leaders are and who and what our destiny will be. I mean, solely based on our own choices. Now, of course, our founding fathers, who were not perfect. Uh, but put together a document that I think is perfect. It do, you know, it doesn't require perfect. We all have character flaws, but they, right. under the sovereignty of God, were able to put together a document that I believe was just, I mean, remarkable in the history of humanity. And so gives us that ability to determine our destiny by the choices we make. And that, that essentially goes back to covenant language. So I just, for people who say voting doesn't matter, I mean, I'm sorry, voting matters a lot. And, and we need to be involved in, in the arena. People will talk about how, well, you know, politics is dirty business. Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. Well, I'm just going to say here and now that Yeshua was involved in politics. Yes, Who did was. he push back against? Yes. You know, he pushed back against the, the, the temple leaders who were heavily involved in politics in the first century, and he pushed back against against Pontius Pilate and the Roman Empire, for heaven's sakes. He didn't, yes. you know, he didn't hide away for the entire time he was ministering. He had plenty to say about it. So we have, I think we have the same obligation to push back. 
Yeah. So I, I want to add to that too, that I think along the lines of what you're saying is that this is where I think leadership in the congregations and churches have had a great failing because they, they're constantly preaching about tolerance and about turning the other cheek, but there is a time for turning over tables and this is yes. that time. And for yes. too long, they've been, we need to be nice and we, so that we can win souls. Uh, we need to be right. tolerant of people's sin. God will deal with that. It's none of our business. Uh, we need to be peacemakers and peacekeepers. So let's keep our mouth shut. Keep your thoughts to yourself compromise with enemies of truth and righteousness in order to be all things to all men and twisting and twisting all these scriptures just about how wishy-washy and milk toasty that we should be but like dina's saying you know that's not what we're called to we all just need to learn to suck it up baby you know and and i don't want to hear about how people don't like the news and they don't want to hear it we don't get to act like leftist snowflakes in our safe places in our coloring books we have all the power of the spirit of god within us and we nothing is too great for him nothing it tells us in his word nothing is impossible for us yeah everything's impossible with him nothing is impossible and we're without excuse for not putting on our big girl panties and getting out there and doing something and so I don't mean to be, you know, insensitive to anybody who who needs to put their hand on their forehead and fall on their fainting couch. But, you know, this just isn't the time for that. We don't have time anymore to coddle people who have a really um, milky faith and that are no longer able to handle the meat of the word. And if that's you, then. Um, you're probably better out, better off just sitting this one out because you're just going to get in everybody else's way, you know. But my hope and prayer is that everyone will not want to be that person, not identify as that person, not right. say to themselves, "Well, I'm just not that type," or "I'm too weak," or "I don't know enough," or "I haven't been a Christian long enough," or "I don't know the word enough," or "This is just too toxic for my mental thinking." I need, I need to get in my yoga pose and and just meditate all day because that's all I can handle. Learn to handle more. Learn to be bigger. Stretch yourself. Let your mind stretch. Your spirit stretch. Your soul stretch. Become more than what you are instead of using your self-image of yourself as an excuse to not be involved with the kingdom of God. It's, you know, I'm starting to feel like a lot of this is lack of true faith and true believers. Don't tell me that you're a Christian, that you're entrusting God with your eternal damnation or salvation. You know, you're you're looking to God and saying, I believe he has saved my soul, but I'm this weak little mouse and I can't do anything. And And it's kind of like you're saying he's not really real. He's not really there. He doesn't really hear prayer. He doesn't really get involved in the affairs of mankind because if you believe any of that sincerely then you pick up your sword and you fight and just like that old twilight paris song you will have those times when you know that in the song it says they don't know when i go crying when i fall down they don't know when i go crying you know the father i drop my sword for just a while and cry because deep inside this warrior is still a child it's It's a powerful, wonderful song, but in the song, there are times we drop our sword and we cry to him and say, I can't take it anymore, but we go, it's him we go to, not each other and whine about it. You know, it's him we go to, and then he re-energizes us. He fills us with his spirit, and then we pick up the sword and we get back in the fight, but the crybabies who just keep whining, I mean, I cry. I, you know, I've called, called you know, Dina a few times and just said, you know, I i don't know if I can take it anymore today. You know, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm just so full of sorrow and, and grief. 
But then the next, you know, we talk and we pray, and then the next day we're back in the battle again. Right. The whole snowflake thing of looking for coloring books in safe places, I just want to slap those people. I don't care if they're my <laughs> brothers and sisters. They're the ones I want to slap more. Right, so, right. The ones that should be more empowered to make a difference, you know. And if you look right. at the examples in ancient times, look at Joseph. He was in the midst of paganism and, you know, in the Egyptian culture, and he fought to make a difference. I mean, he was elevated to the second position uh, next to Pharaoh. And, you know, you look at Daniel that made a, an impact on the Babylonian. Wherever we are, we're, we are called to be salt and light, and we may not yes. like it. And it may be no. hurtful at not times. Yes. Yeah, not popular, but we're not in this for a popularity contest. No. You know, no. we're we're in it to make a difference. And God's yeah. God's entrusted that uh call to us. And one of the things I was just sharing with the girls off air, so I want to share it with the audience, was I had a, such a time as that yesterday. I went into my prayer closet because I'd read this article about that some group in California was uh, of course. demanding that lobsters not be boiled anymore because they suffer excruciating pain. And yet it's these same people that, you know, how many doctors have come out? Dr. Ben Carson, for one, and, and so many have said, you know, that an infant in the womb during any of these abortion proceedings is suffering excruciating pain. They even have videos of them trying to get in the corner of the womb and hide from the surgical instruments and get away from mm -hmm. it. I mean, just horrendous, you know, pictures. And I'm like, and, and I had one of those meltdowns yesterday that you were talking about, mm -hmm. Margaret. I'm like, I'm Margo, Margaret, where'd that come from? Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> you're, you're a Margaret Thatcher to me. That's what it is. But, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yeah. But, but this, you know, I just like, oh, my gosh, I can't. Lord, what in the world? You know, what has happened to our society where we care more about a lobster than a baby? You know, oh. and, and I, I had to go to my prayer closet. And the funniest thing happened. This is why I wanted to share it. You know how God is so faithful. But as soon as I came out of my prayer closet, I, I was starting to feel a little bit better. And I turned on Fox News, which is usually a mistake. But, <laughs> but they were talking. Any of, news. Yeah, but they were talking about all of the great uh, pro-life bills that are going on right now where governors are saying, you know, the heartbeat bill and this and that. And, and, and the Lord just reminded me that while we're seeing all these great uh, injustices, you know, and, and lack of righteousness and, and love and, and all of that, at the same time, there's an undercurrent. And I believe it has a lot to do with all this prayer going out right now. There's Amen. an undercurrent that things are really starting to change. I mean, it's in the last 30 years, I haven't seen so many um, leaders in states and, you know, independent states mm -hmm. that are coming against this ho horrific crime of killing babies. Amen. Well, well we don't there's have the only... option of going AWOL right now. No. no you know, we, we, we're, in, we're in this to win it. We're in a battle. We're in a fight. And we just don't have the option of going AWOL. People go AWOL. Aren't they supposed to go to prison or get shot or something? So, you know, we don't. <laughs> we have a call from God to, to fight the good fight. And mm -hmm. Well, there's only two camps here. There's the camp that brings about order, and there's the camp that brings about chaos. Yeah, yeah. The people of God, the faith community, is supposed to be bringing order to the earth. 
Good and word. setting a standard. Yes, exactly. And the, the the Torah is the ultimate, you know, wisdom of the ages. Yes. And although we can't actually obey, you know, specifically everything in the Torah, but we can apply and make application of biblical principles. And those principles we live out in our life and we exercise them in the marketplace. And that begins to restore order because the Torah is the ultimate wisdom and wisdom brings order. So the opposite of that in sort of the book of Proverbs is folly. And the the concept of folly doesn't mean to be, you know, frivolous. The actual word folly there, fool naval, means to be wicked. And so the the wicked bring about chaos and disorder. And that is that's the battle. <laughs> And yeah. the left is a force for chaos on this earth. Oh, yeah. And we were, we were talking at the break, you know, the left exercises absolute mental illness. I mean, it's insanity. Right. So yes. when you're, you know, when you are not bringing wisdom, if, if, you're, if you're not walking out the bi- biblical principles, which are timeless and eternal, then you're walking out the opposite. I, there's no yes. gray area in this. Yes. And so our call is, as people of God, called to be kings and priests in a kingdom, a kingdom that resides on the earth, a kingdom that is to be expanded, then we should be bringing order to every sphere we are in, whether it's in your home or in your community or in the greater in the nation. Order is what is called for. And we were talking about Dennis Prager that, you know, that was kind of the, the little mini conversation I had with him. So we did this thing at uh, Mar-a-Lago. There was the the VIP thing. Margot and I got to be involved with, yes. and we all got, got to step on up on this little stage and have our picture taken, which is what I posted on Facebook. And I had a moment just to kind of talk to him. I mean, you know, there's not that much time with these things. And the first thing I said to him was, you know, I just want to thank you because you said something that absolutely transformed me, changed me. And he's his quote was, the question is not why is there evil in the world? The question is why is there good in the world? And I said to him, that was my moment, you know, and he, mm. he, he looked at me, he said, well, congratulations. You're one of the 50% that heard something I said and actually was changed by it. <laughs> and then we had sort of this moment and, and I have been doing a lot of work in the last year, I would say on this concept of, of wisdom, folly, chaos, and order. And so he had, you know, he talked about that some. And so I, we sort of had this little conversation and I said, you know, I think it's the key to everything. And for me, it was just great confirmation I was on the right track and that, you know, someone of his stature bringing out this, because I do, I think this is the answer to everything. When the king is seated on the throne, exercising justice and righteousness, order comes to the nation. And when the king is sitting on the throne, uh, exercising or just unjust, uh, his rulings are unjust and, um, you know, he enslaves his people, then it's chaos. And so that is the, the nature. And the one thing, uh, let me just end with this uh, here. The one thing you can count on with the left is that all of their positions are inconsistent. The one thing you can count on about the Torah, about the the wisdom of the Bible, is that positions are always consistent, that it doesn't matter what position you take, you can take it to the bank. And the the left is always going to be inconsistent in everything they think and do because it's insanity. Right. Wow. 
No, that's a good point. You know, I was in my Bible reading this morning, I was reading from Psalms 135, and I was sharing this with Stephen. And in verse 14, it says, For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. And it goes on to say, The idols of the nation are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. And I could not help but think about, you know, the environment and all these things that have become idols to the left. They have become like their idols. They can't hear truth. They can't see truth. They can't speak truth, which would signify breath. You know, it's just like it. And I know that you guys um, had mentioned before about Dennis Prager. Well, I heard something that he had said, and maybe it was one of you all that posted it, um, that the that the it's no surprise that there's so much uh, uh, such a lack of wisdom in the world because the beginning the fear of the Lord is the, the Lord. beginning yeah. of wisdom. Right, and right. It's the key because these people yeah. have absolutely no wisdom. Because they hate God and they don't fear him, you know, so right. the rest just follows naturally like dominoes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Well, another thing that Dennis Prager had said was um, he talked about if we keep just teaching about tolerance, if people keep teaching tolerance and intolerance instead of good and evil, we will just end up with tolerance of evil. And that's what we have. It's all that this the left has been you know mouthing for quite a few years now is tolerance tolerance and how if you're not tolerant you're a homophobe or you're racist or you're um, intolerant you hate people you obviously hate people because you're not you know celebrating what it is they want you to celebrate or believe in and that's like um, what I had said earlier about another quote from him where he talked about um, for the left tolerance means acceptance and celebration and but that's really the definition of totalitarianism, that you have to live with what you differ with and celebrate it. Not just live with it, but right. celebrate it, or else you pay a very steep price. And we see that a very steep price being paid by believers and by Trump and by a lot of people who stand for what's right and true and just. Um, because they not only want to force their agenda down your throat, but then they expect you to smile about it and say, mm, good, yeah, I, I'm going to march in the streets at Gay Pride or whatever and celebrate this with you. And we're told we're not to celebrate those things. We're not to have anything to do with those things. But in an effort as believers to um, hopefully win some souls, we find ourselves out there. I mean, I know many Christians. I know messianic christians who have been out marching with these women's marches when they wore the pink hats that i won't name yes. what they call them and yes. and all that other yes. stuff i'm like what are you doing and they're like well we still need to show love and acceptance of people and i'm like we're always going to love people but we're not going to accept what they do no we don't have to do that we don't right. have to be be part of that but there's some disconnect and i'm hoping is something that Dina addresses in her next book that I'm like, well, <laughs> is this thing about um, the, la the lack of, of conscience, the lack of conviction, the lack of being willing to be that lone person who says the truth um, among believers. I don't expect it from unbelievers, but among believers for us to constantly be buying this lie of 
of needing to compromise and tolerate and not offend and not hurt. And that is not what we've ever been called to. And because of it, we see the church being weak and fruitless and unproductive and shameful. We're, we're just a disgrace to the world. We deserve the mocking that we get as a church when we used to be about fire and brimstone. I'd rather be mocked for that for than to be mocked for being so wishy-washy and spineless and uh, what Dina calls a linguini believer. <laughs> linguini. linguini. Spineless linguini. Well, really, yeah. the greatest casualty in this war has been the truth. So what's going on with the mainstream media and fake news is a pure reflection of the battle. And unfortunately, the faith community, the church, has dutifully joined in and not stood up again. I mean, imagine if William Wilberforce <laughs> didn't go to the mat for slavery, uh, against slavery, and speak out. I mean, we it would never have, have stopped without yeah. people like him and Lincoln who, who weren't afraid to speak out. We are so afraid. And I understand the fear because the consequences are huge. I mean, you could be marginalized. I, I, did any of you see the, the HBO series Chernobyl? No, I didn't. It's, it's no. been on. No. I mean, it's powerful. But and I'm not gonna go, you know, it's a five part series. And I had no idea the extent of the uh, the catastrophe that was Chernobyl. But there was a guy, um, I can't even think of his name, Luke Gonoff or something, and somebody'll correct me. But he was called to do the investigation, but you know, it was just gonna be a sham of investigation because the Soviet Union wasn't about to release what actually happened. And they blamed it on, you know, the workers that were in the control room at the time. Mm. But at the very end of the of the five part series, uh, he just got up and he was the only one that he finally told the truth. He told the truth of exactly what happened to the reactor, the the domino effect. And for that, <laughs> he was stripped of his science. You know, he was a scientist and head of a of a committee, and he was stripped of everything. And he basically knew he was going to die because he had gotten radiation poisoning. But he he made the decision that it didn't matter that he was going to speak the truth uh, because everything had become a lie. And he ended up hanging himself. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was that was very but you're just going that was the price that he paid for speaking the truth. And I don't think we're there yet. As a, as a faith community that where we're so willing to speak the truth that we'll bear the consequences of what that means. I, I mean, I would admit in my own life, I'm not there. But I think as the squeeze is on, as we're in this vice grip that the, the, the left is forcing on us, uh, it's sink or swim. It's, it's, it's speak out or, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah. I see what you're saying even when we call people to prayer and fasting. I get tons of people that will say to me, I'll pray, but I can't fast. I can't miss a meal. My stomach hurts. I, I get stomach pains. I get a headache. And I'm like, well, that's the point. You know, a little self-denial here, you know, so that we can pray about bigger issues. It's, you know, I it, again, it's that snowflake kind of thing. We can't even get people to fast, you know, because they don't. I get, I, I don't know, I just keep going back to, do you really believe in God? Do you really believe in the word? How could you not be willing to fast just for a meal or fast a couple of meals? Don't, not even all day if you can't handle it. Give a little of yourself. Deny a little something of yourself for a greater good among believers, certainly. And I get a lot of pushback 
you know, about it. And I, I kind of don't get that. We will be back after this. 